Barbecue Central Show, let's go. The number one barbecue show on the low. Your host, Greg Rampy, the grilling master, spreading the info, getting to you faster, asking tough questions and having a blast. The Barbecue Central Show is here at last. The best moments of the Barbecue Central Show in 10 minutes or less. Come on, let's go. Greetings, everyone. Welcome to the best moments of the Barbecue Central show in 10 minutes or less. Doubleheader for you today from October 21, 2014. Two guests were on the line, Bill and Rachel Best from Tech Grills. Greg had a chance to catch up with Bill and Rachel, find out a lot of stuff about infrared grilling, its history, and what they got going on over there at Tech. So let's get right to it. Here from October 21st, 2014. Greg's conversation with Bill and Rachel Best. That you know, this show, you know, might focus a little more on the barbecue side, the low and slow stuff, from a weekend, weekend out basis. However, you know, if you know barbecuers, you know they're grilling a substantial amount as well. And I wanted to make sure that we're covering the grilling side of things and uh, you know, I've been a huge fan of Tech Grills literally for 10 or 11 years. I remember when Tech Grill didn't look like it did now. It had a, a different uh, look to it internally, at least. Uh, so I figure maybe it might be best to start all the way back in the beginning. Um, you know, A, I guess, are you and Bill the, the originators of, of Tech Grill? Uh, if not, how did you get into it? And, and we'll kind of build from there, I guess. Well, we invented, actually, Tech invented infrared grilling, or Bill did. He founded the company in the 60s, and he invented the first gas-powered infrared burner. Uh, it wasn't until the late 70s that he took one of the burners that he was using for industrial paint systems and put it in a grill for his own use and discovered that infrared cooks without drying out food. So we, we, the first infrared grill that was um, sold in the world came from Tech, and it was the 1980 Patio One. And, and what year was that again? 1980. 1980. Uh, wow. 1980. And, you know, the, um, the ceram- we, we used a ceramic burner in our first grills because the, the burner that Bill developed in the 60s was a ceramic burner and it was a great it was a really great system for the time people probably a lot of people don't realize but a traditional gas grill cooks with 100% hot air and that's like throwing your food in a dryer you, you use hot air to dry your dry your food or your hair and the first infrared grills cooked with 35% infrared energy and 65% hot air. So it was a huge improvement over traditional gas grills. But our new technology, which is a high-temperature glass uh, panel over over a burner, um, it it cooks with virtually 100% hot air. So we've totally eliminated the hot... Excuse me. It cooks with virtually 100% infrared energy. So we've totally eliminated the hot air associated with grilling. And you get about from 30 to 35% more moisture in your food. 
it's a, it's a really amazing system because there are a lot of benefits to it. And we can talk about that later. But I, I, one of the things that your um, audience may be interested in is, you know, a lot of people like to cook with wood and charcoal. Yeah. And it gives great flavor to the food. But wood and charcoal also emit infrared energy, about 25% infrared energy for heat. So you get, you, that's one of the reasons the food is better. Uh, Rachel Best joining me here on the show. Uh, Rachel, by the way, you're uh, Tech Grill's president, correct? That's right. All right. Um, so I'm going to depart all the way back to the 60s, and I apologize. Where does the thought, and you said it was an industrial application, and I remember hearing years and years ago that originally the ceramic burner, uh, the infrared ceramic burner was used in the industrial paint or helping it to dry or to, to cake on or whatever it was doing. Um, so where does... Bill's uh, transition from saying, hey, this is great in an industrial setting and looking at, I'm guessing he was probably a, you know, a fairly active uh, outdoor uh, barbecue or, or grill guy and said, hey, you know, this thing I'm using at work would probably work really good in this grill and let me start messing around with it. I mean, when did he, uh, when did, when did that kind of epiphany pop in his head? Bill, you want to answer that? How did, how did you decide to do that? Oh, actually, it was... Uh uh, just another method of, of applying the energy of infrared energy, uh, and 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 I, I was just going to make a grill for my own personal use, and and that's the way we learned that they cook so well. Uh, the primary uh, invention was primarily used in in the development uh, of uh, painting cars without hot air moving, which would eliminate a lot of dirt. And, and one of the major uses of it in original of the original invention was in, in the development of radial tires. Uh, we developed we didn't we didn't invent the radial tire, but we developed a method by which radial tires could be made in mass quantities using high intensity infrared. And then I guess to some extent, like a lot of research is, it's just pure luck. Uh, I just happened to apply that burner to my own personal grill, and later learned it. it cook well and, and decided that would be a fairly good product based upon my own experience. Now, look, I mean, you obviously you're, uh, you're an entrepreneurial guy. You're successful in the industrial side of things. So once you get this, uh, let's call it the prototype grill together, you're happy with the product and you're like, hey, you know, this is something I might think about bringing to market. Uh, who do you approach? Uh, how do you go about trying to tell people about your concept of grilling now? And how outside of the box this is compared to a Weber kettle or, you know, gas grills at that point were probably coming into vogue as well. Uh, and these are more common mainstreams where yours is kind of a little bit of a departure, which is, you know, in any type of business going to be a, a bit of a hurdle to overcome. And I'm interested because I'm a business guy, how you were able to, to pitch that into market and overcome those initial uh, hurdles potentially. Well, you know, I'm, I'm primarily a, a scientist. I, I was teaching uh, heat transfer and thermodynamics at the University of South Carolina when I invented the first infrared uh, burner, and that was a byproduct, really, of developing a rocket engine, a small rocket engine, not the large engine that put things in orbit, but just a goddess rocket. And from that, the burner was developed. So I've been primarily interested in the development of the product rather than the marketing of the product. We've 
we brought people in that helped us with that. And uh, and I guess we're still struggling to to, to introduce infrared to the market, but uh, it's becoming more and more well known, and and it it, is, it certainly has grown a lot. And we've licensed other people now uh, for for the technology in, in many of the applications, not just for cooking. And but but I've had no, I haven't had much to do with the marketing of the product. I was, I was concentrating on the development of the product. Rachel does more of the marketing now. But, you know, it's interesting that you said that because one of the great challenges has been to introduce people to infrared. Yep. I mean, if you think about it, the first infrared grill was developed in 1980, <laughs> and all of a sudden, infrared is uh, the hot topic. It's, you know, you you read articles about this is infrared and that's infrared, and, and people... People don't really understand what infrared is necessarily, but they automatically think that it's something good or it's positive. And it, but it's taking years for the public to understand that infrared, when it comes to grilling, you know, it, it cooks a better steak. It cooks a be- it, the chicken breasts are better. Everything's better. Best moments of the barbecue central show in ten minutes or less. Come on, let's go. You know, I believe uh, you started out by saying that your interest in your show is more devoted to barbecuing. When you think about that, the old-fashioned method of barbecuing employed infrared energy. My father ran a sawmill, and every month he barbecued four or five pigs, uh, mostly for the entire town, uh, which was not many people. But but the way he barbecued pigs at that time, he built a fire, uh, not under the under the barbecue pit, but he built a fire outside or removed from the pit, and he only put the hot coals under the pigs. Well, those coals were, were generating infrared energy, and in the old days, we used to cook barbecue right out in the open. It was not enclosed in, the, in a chamber like they, most of the barbecue is done today. It was all in an open pit. Well, you can't transfer energy by by convection very well in an open open surrounding. And, but the infrared radiation was what cooked the pigs. Now, it, it, in those days, they they when my father was doing this, mostly marinating the pigs with a, a vinegar and red pepper and mopping them down. With a, he'd always buy a new mop, a house mop, and. A, <laughs> New trash can and mix the vinegar and the red pepper and then mop the pigs down about every fifteen or twenty minutes during the cooking process. But but when you when you consider the method they were being cooked by, it was infrared radiation because you can't hem up the hot air too much in in, in an open pit. And uh, so we've been using infrared radiation quite a while, just really without defining it. As, as infrared radiation, which is we all know is the energy that comes from the sun, and it's uh, it, it, it's, it's a great method. Of, it's a lot of technical reasons why it's superior that I can't bore the audience with tonight. <laughs> but it's it has to do with the vapor, uh, with the with the heat transfer barrier around around every object, which, which is a thermal barrier. And, and infrared energy can penetrate that barrier without disturbing it. And 
and hot air has to disturb the barrier, uh, and it's called it's called heat transfer co- film coefficient, and uh, an infrared can penetrate that where hot air has to displace that, and an infrared does not have a capacity to absorb water. It can eat the water, but it can't absorb it. Where air, hot air is a vehicle to carry water. And that's where the non-drying feature of infrared uh, comes from. And uh, but it's 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 really uh, someone when I was an expert witness one time, and and the opposing attorney was trying to make me look foolish, and he asked a question. And he said, "says I, I, I it's my understanding you invented infrared energy." And my my answer was, "No, God invented infrared energy." So it's been around ever since we've had the sunshine. But you're the guy that's taken it from how people have either known about it or not known about it and then put it in a in a vehicle that people want to use every day or every weekend. And, of course, we're talking about a grill. So when you're seeing or when you were using, you know, other grills and did you notice, say, hey, I notice meat is, is drying out or that it, there's got to be a better way to, to make a more juicy product instead of just using the traditional convection heat. And then you're like, yeah, this is going to be a, a great place for this infrared uh, uh, burner or, or however you were calling it at that point uh, back in the late 70s, early 80s, you're bringing it into the market. Uh, is that something that you were looking at and trying to solve a problem or it was just something that you were into and it just seamlessly flowed like that? You know, to be honest with you, I was not looking at that at the time. Uh, I, I guess I understood the theory of that, but the the, the, the way we got into the grill business was uh, we had a meeting one day to, to, to determine what kind of products we buy this infrared technology to, and it turned out that we, we really went into the grill business to use up scrap metal from the oven business. It was not a not a very much of a scientific uh, uh, plan uh, introduction of the product. It was like like with so many inventions, it, it has a lot to do with luck. But uh, once we got into the went into the business and started studying in more detail, in fact, I think in the last ten years or so, I wrote a paper uh, based upon our research and how much more moisture. Food contained when it was cooked with infrared, but in the beginning, I wouldn't wouldn't say that that was all anticipated. That's the thing about research, Greg. Is that you know, when you, a lot it, it leads you in different directions. Um, Bill has over a hundred patents and patents pending in infrared energy. Uh, he's been doing this for over fifty years, and so he says he's developed a lot of negative knowledge. He knows what roads not to go down because he's made so many mistakes. And every once in a while, you you hit on something. And and the grill, the infrared grill, was one of those hits. Rachel, Bill said that you were uh, you were in charge or, or that you handle most of the the marketing for the company. I mean, how do you find it if somebody's trying to bring, I, I guess, it, well, and as you stated, I mean, it's been around since the eighties. So I mean, thirty four years isn't necessarily a new concept, but you know, over the last. I want to say there was a market increase in the in the hot button term infrared maybe four or five years ago, and now you're seeing 
the big manufacturers like a charboil, for instance, comes to mind where they're true infrared grills and infrared this. And you see the ceramic burners at a lot of grills. And I don't know if people understand. And of course, you're the expert. So you're going to have to educate me here. Are there different levels of the quality of infrared is one saying that they're infrared and they're not really infrared uh, because I think it's important for the people that listen to the show and the fans of the show who are ultimately going to be consumers that they're not falling for something that might be a build as one thing and it's completely the other. Yeah, there is a difference in the quality of infrared energy. For cooking purposes, you need to you need to emit energy in relatively long wavelengths as opposed to short wavelengths, and that's uh, uh, that's the. That, that that would be difficult to get into in uh, in a discussion like we are having, but uh, as you probably are aware, in the beginning uh, we licensed uh, Charbroil uh, for our technology, and then later on Charbroil actually bought patents from us uh, that they use uh, for the for the grills they're producing, and I and I suppose now, if I'm not mistaken, Charbroil is the largest producer of uh, of of certainly infrared gas grills or even just grills in the country. And they've done an awful lot, in my opinion, to introduce the concept because they're a division of W.C. Bradley Company, which is a very large corporation. And uh, they've had the ability to spend more money on advertising and promotion of the, of the concept than we've ever been able to do. But, but it, for whatever reason, it is it's widely recognized now, and almost everybody's trying to call uh, something that they do infrared, but it, it's not always uh, efficient infrared energy. Uh, and, and a lot of people talk about having an infrared searing zone. Yeah. Well, the, the benefit of an all-infrared uh, grill is that you can sear on it, and in the case of our new owners, you can slow cook. As an example, you can you can slow cook a Boston butt, a barbecue of Boston butt, where the meat is cool like it would be a long cooked pork uh, barbecue. You can cook it uh, on low fire for uh, I cook them sometimes for twelve hours. So we can kind of go from cooking them, uh, uh, sharing a steak, eight or nine minutes. <laughs> Cooking a Boston butt for twelve hours, which is a is a big spread in the, yeah. in the way you distribute the heat. Now, now that ability has only occurred in the latest invention we've had, where we use the glass as the emitter. Uh, the the original ceramic arm had limited turn down ability, and and it, it couldn't operate much under about seven hundred degrees. It operated from about seven hundred degrees Fahrenheit to about. 1,600 degrees Fahrenheit, and the advantage of the concept that we now employ is that the turn down down is much better uh, because we use an intervening heat transfer medium, which is high-temperature glass, and uh, and we we can literally, as I just stated, do slow cooking that creates the the long-term barbecuing effect. And there you have it from October 21st, 2014, Bill and Rachel Best of Tech Grills. I think it's one of the greatest Barbecue Central show interviews of all time, but I am prejudiced toward Tech Grills. 
And if you take a good look at one, I believe you could become prejudiced toward them as well. Anyway, if you'd like to hear the rest of this interview, let me tell you how to do that. Head on over to thebbqcentralshow.com. Go into the search box on that page, type in TAC, click the archive button, scroll through to October 21st, 2014, search 2014 in the search box, bring up all the shows from 2014, scroll through there, pick out one you like. Until next time, on the best moments of the Barbecue Central show in 10 minutes or less, I'm your host, John Solberg. Thanks so much for listening. I will talk to you soon. The best moments of the Barbecue Central show in 10 minutes or less. Come on, let's go.